Hello everyone, this is James, and today we are doing the um, Poratorsion for March 12th, 2022, which is the 9 Adar 2, 5782 on the Hebrew calendar. And uh, we're working in Viacara, which is uh, for Leviticus, and that is... Uh, uh, Vairakara is Hebrew for, and he called. And the uh, Torah portion today is Leviticus 1-1 through Leviticus 6-7. The half Torah will be 1 Samuel 15, 2-34. And the Gospels are Mark 6, 14-29. Now I'm going to... Um, give you a little bit of background for what we're going to be talking about today. And the first part is um, the way of access to God, which is redemption. The next part will be the propitiation of God's wrath, the sacrifice, with wholehearted devotion, burnt offerings, with consecrated labor, the meal offerings, with uh, reconciled communion, the peace offerings, and with uh, substitutory punishment, the sin offerings is actually in the last section. Uh, I'm going to kind of give you a survey, as indicated by its name Leviticus, which is the third book of Moses, stresses the function of Israel's priests. Those members of the tribe of Levi, whom God chose for service at his sanctuary, which is Deuteronomy 10.8. Many believers today accordingly think of Leviticus as a kind of technical manual for dissecting ancient uh, priests in the details of ceremonies that are no longer observed by God's people. As a result... Leviticus is today the least appreciated portion of the Pentateuch. Actually, however, its message was originally directed to all believers, which is referenced in Leviticus 1-2. And its truths are still of primary significance for God's people. For Leviticus constitutes the first detailed revelation of the living theme of the great book as a whole, namely of the way by which God restores lost men to himself. Both the redemption activity of God and the response of uh, appropriation due from man are summed up in the key verse. Ye shall be holy unto me, for I the Lord am holy, and have severed you from other people, that ye should be mine. Verse 2026. 20, in order to accomplish salvation and to restore man to his maker, a means of access to God must be provided. The first half of Leviticus chapters 1 through 16 thus presents a series of religious actions that picture the way by which God redeems the lost, separating them from their sin and its consequences. The various sacrifices covered in chapters 1 through 7 were anticipations of the death of Christ, 
where the sinless one suffered a wrath of God in our place that we might be ransomed from our guilt. 2 Corinthians 5.21 and Mark 10.45 The Levitical priests, chapters 8-10, through 10, then foreshadowed Christ's faithful service in making reconciliation for the sins of the people, Hebrews 2.17. The laws of cleanliness, chapters 11-15, through 15, were perpetual reminders of the repentance and separation from impurity that must characterize the redeemed, Luke 13.5. While the climactic Day of Atonement service, Leviticus 16, proclaimed God's forgiveness to those who should humble themselves in faithful commitment to the Christ, Yeshia HaMashiach who would yet provide access to heaven itself, Hebrews 9.24. But salvation is not only a separation from the wrong, it involves a positive union with what is right. Thus, the second half of Leviticus, chapter 17 through 27, represents a series of practical standards to which men are to be conformed in holy living. These include expressions of devotion and matter of ceremony, chapter 17, and worship, chapters 22 through 25. But they center in matters of daily conduct, chapters 18 through 22. Christ himself summed up the divine law in Matthew 22, 37 through 40, by speaking of a wholehearted love for God and by quoting from this section of Leviticus. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, 1918. In its form, Leviticus exists primarily as legislation spoken by God. And the Lord called unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them. That's 1, verses 1 and 2. The two historical narratives, chapters 8 through 10 and 24, verses 10 through 23, serve as a background for legislative matters. And the only other variation in form, Moses concluding a sermon of exhortation, chapters 26, is yet followed by an appendix of laws regulating such matters about the author of uh, Leviticus. At over 50 points, in its 27 chapters, Leviticus claims itself to be the God-directed words of Moses. The New Testament, too, introduces a quotation from the book by saying, uh, Moses writeth that, Romans 10.5. That happens to be the ASV. Critics who regulate Leviticus to a millennium after Moses do so at the expense of the integrity of the biblical evidence. Scripture describes Leviticus as granted to Israel soon after their adoption as God's covenant people, Exodus 19.5. They had been given the basic moral law, the Decalogue, Exodus 20, and God's presence had come to dwell in the newly constructed tabernacle, Exodus 29.43 and 40.34. Then came Leviticus, even as God had promised, Exodus 25:22 as a guide to life and worship before him. 
It's legislation and events span but a few weeks in actual time, from Moses' erection of the tabernacle, Exodus 20:17, to Israel's departure from Mount Sinai less than two months later, Numbers 10:11. And so that is the introduction. We will now start with Leviticus 1:1 1, 1, through Leviticus 6:7. And the Lord called unto Moses, and spake unto him out of the tabernacle of the congregation, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, If any man of you bring an offering unto the Lord, ye shall bring your offering of the cattle, even of the herd and of the flock. If this offering be a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. He shall offer it of his own voluntary will at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord. And he shall put his hand upon the head of the burnt offering, and it shall be accepted for him to make an atonement for him. And he shall kill the bullock before the Lord and the priests. Aaron's sons shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood round about upon the altar, that is, by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he shall flay the burnt offering and cut it into its pieces. And the sons of Aaron and the priests shall put fire upon the altar and lay the wood in order upon the fire. And the priests, Aaron's sons, shall lay the parts, the head and the fat, in order upon the wood that is on the fire which is upon the altar. And its inwards and its legs shall be washed in water. And the priests shall burn all on the altar to be a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. And if his offering be of the flocks, namely of the sheep or of the goats, for a burnt sacrifice, he shall bring it a male without blemish, and he shall kill it on the side of the altar, northward before the Lord. And the priests, Aaron's sons, shall sprinkle its blood round about upon the altar, and he shall cut it into its pieces, with its head and its fat, and the priests shall lay them in order on the wood that is on the fire which is upon the altar. But he shall wash the inwards and the legs with water, and the priest shall bring it all and burn it upon the altar. It is a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. And if the burnt sacrifice for his offering to the Lord be of fowls, then he shall bring his offering of turtle doves or of young pigeons. And the priest shall bring it unto the altar, and wring off its head, and burn it on the altar, and the blood thereof shall be wrung out at the side of the altar. And he shall pluck away its crop with its feathers, and cast it beside the altar on the east part by the place of the ashes. And he shall cleave it with the wings thereof, but shall not divide it asunder. And the priest shall burn it upon the altar, upon the wood that is upon the fire. It is a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire, of a sweet savor unto the Lord. Chapter 2 
And when any will offer a meat offering unto the Lord, his offering shall be of fine flour, and he shall pour oil upon it, and put frankincense thereon. And he shall bring it to Aaron's sons, the priests. And he shall take there out his handful of the flour thereof, and of the oil thereof, with all the frankincense thereof. And the priest shall burn the memorial of it upon the altar, to be an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. And the remnant of the meat offering shall be Aaron's and his sons. It is a thing most holy of the offerings of the Lord made by fire. And if you bring an oblation of a meat offering bacon in the oven, it shall be unleavened cakes of fine flour, mingled with oil, or unleavened wafers anointed with oil. And if thy oblation be a meat offering, bacon in a pan, it shall be of fine flour, unleavened, mingled with oil. Thou shalt part it in pieces, and pour oil thereon. It is a meat offering. And if thy oblation be a meat offering, bacon in the frying pan, it shall be made of fine flour with oil. And thou shalt bring the meat offering that is made of these things unto the Lord. And when it is presented unto the priest, he shall bring it unto the altar. And the priest shall take from the meat offering a memorial thereof, and shall burn it upon the altar. It is an offering made by fire, of a sweet savor unto the Lord. And that which is left of the meat offering shall be Aaron's and his sons. It is a thing most holy of the offerings of the Lord made by fire. No meat offering which ye shall bring unto the Lord shall be made with leaven. For ye shall burn no leaven nor any honey in any offering of the Lord made by fire. As for the oblation of the firstfruits, ye shall offer them unto the Lord, but they shall not be burnt on the altar for a sweet savor. And every oblation of thy meat offering shalt thou season with salt, neither shalt thou suffer the salt of the covenant of thy God to be lacking from thy meat offering. With all thine offering thou shalt offer salt. And if thou offer a meat offering of thy firstfruits unto the Lord, thou shalt offer for the meat offering of thy firstfruits green ears of corn, dried by the fire, even corn beaten out of full ears. And thou shalt put oil upon it, and lay frankincense thereon. It is a meat offering. And the priest shall burn the memorial of it, part of the beaten corn thereof, and part of the oil thereof, with all the frankincense thereof. It is an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Chapter 3 And if this oblation be a sacrifice of peace offering, if he offer it of the herd, whether it be a male or female, he shall offer it without blemish before the Lord. And he shall lay his hand upon the head of his offering, and kill it at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Aaron's sons the priest shall sprinkle the blood upon the altar round about. 
and he shall offer of the sacrifice of the peace offering, an offering made by fire unto the Lord, the fat that covereth the innards, and all the fat that is upon the inwards, and the two kidneys, and the fat that is on them, which is by the flanks, and the call above the liver. With the kidneys it shall be taken away. And Aaron's son shall burn it on the altar upon the burnt sacrifice, which is upon the wood that is on the fire. It is an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. And if this offering for a sacrifice of peace offering unto the Lord be a flock, male or female, he shall offer it without blemish. And if he offer a lamb for his offering, then shall he offer it before the Lord, and he shall lay the hand upon the head of the offering, and kill it before the tabernacle of the congregation. And Aaron's son shall sprinkle the blood thereof round about upon the altar. And he shall offer of the sacrifice of the peace offering, an offering made by fire unto the Lord, the fat thereof, and the whole rump. It shall he take off hard by the backbone, and the fat that covereth the inwards, and all the fat that is upon the inwards, and the two kidneys, and the fat that is upon them, which is by the flanks, and the call above the liver with the kidneys, it shall be taken away. And the priest shall burn it upon the altar. It is the food of the offering made by fire unto the Lord. And if his offering be a goat, then he shall offer it before the Lord. And he shall lay his hand upon the head of it, and kill it before the tabernacle of the congregation. And the sons of Aaron shall sprinkle the blood thereof upon the altar round about. And he shall offer thereof his offering, even an offering made by fire unto the Lord, the fat that covereth the inwards, and all the fat that is upon the inwards, and the two kidneys, and the fat that is upon them, which is by the flanks, and the call above the liver with the kidneys. It shall be taken away, and the priest shall burn them upon the altar, it is the food of the offering made by fire for a sweet savor. All the fat is the Lord's. It shall be a perpetual statute for your generations throughout all your dwellings that ye eat neither fat nor blood. Chapter 4 And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, if a soul shall sin through ignorance against any of the commandments of the Lord concerning things which ought not to be done, and shall do against any of them, if the priest that is anointed do sin according to the sin of the people, then let him bring for his sin, which he hath sinned, a young bullock without blemish upon the Lord for a sin offering. And he shall bring the bullock unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord, and shall lay his hand upon the bullock's head, and kill the bullock before the Lord. And the priest that is anointed shall take of the bullock's blood, and bring it to the tabernacle of the congregation. And the priest shall dip his finger in the blood, 
and sprinkle the blood seven times before the Lord, before the veil of the sanctuary. And the priest shall put some of the blood upon the horns of the altar of sweet incense before the Lord, which is in the tabernacle of the congregation, and shall pour all the blood of the bullock at the bottom of the altar of the burnt offering, which is at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he shall take off from it all the fat of the bullock for the sin offering, the fat that covereth the inwards, and all the fat that is upon the inwards, and the two kidneys, and the fat that is upon them, which is by the flanks, and the call above the liver, with the kidneys it shall be taken away. And it was taken off from the bullock of the sacrifice of peace offerings, and the priest shall burn them upon the altar of the burnt offering. And the skin of the bullock and all its flesh, with its head and with its legs and its inwards and its dung, even the whole bullock shall be carried forth without the camp unto a clean place, where the ashes are poured out and burned it on the wood with fire, where the ashes are poured out, shall it be burnt. And if the whole congregation of Israel sin through ignorance, and the thing be hid from the eyes of the assembly, and they have done somewhat against any of the commandments of the Lord concerning things which should not be done, and are guilty, when the sin which they have sinned against it is known, then the congregation shall offer a young bullock for the sin, and bring it before the tabernacle of the congregation. And the elders of the congregation shall lay their hands upon the head of the bullock before the Lord, and the bullock shall be killed before the Lord. And the priest that is anointed shall bring the bullock's blood to the tabernacle of the congregation. And the priest shall dip his finger in some of the blood, and sprinkle it seven times before the Lord, even before the veil. And he shall put some of the blood upon the horns of the altar, which is before the Lord, that is, in the tabernacle of the congregation, and shall pour out all the blood at the bottom of the altar of the burnt offering, which is at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation." And he shall take all its fat from it, and burn it upon the altar. And he shall do with the bullock as he did with the bullock for a sin offering, so shall he do with this. And the priest shall make an atonement for them, and it shall be forgiven them. And he shall carry forth the bullock without the camp, and burn it as he burned the first bullock. It is a sin offering for the congregation." And a ruler hath sinned, and done somewhat through ignorance against any of the commandments of the Lord his God concerning things which should not be done, and is guilty. Or if his sin, wherein he hath sinned, come to his knowledge, he shall bring his offering, a kid of the goats, a male without blemish. And he shall lay his hand upon the head of the goat, and kill it in the place where they killed the burnt offering before the Lord. It is a sin offering. And the priest shall take of the blood of the sin offering with his finger, and put it upon the horns of the altar of the burnt offering, 
and shall pour out its blood at the bottom of the altar of burnt offering. And he shall burn all its fat upon the altar, as the fat of the sacrifice of peace offerings. And the priest shall make an atonement for him as concerning his sin, and it shall be forgiven him. And if any one of the common people sin through ignorance, while he doth somewhat against any of the commandments of the Lord concerning things which ought not to be done, and be guilty, or if his sin, which he has sinned, come to the knowledge, then he shall bring his offering a kid of the goats, a female without blemish, for his sin which he hath sinned. And he shall lay his hand upon the head of the sin offering, and slay the sin offering in the place of the burnt offering. And the priest shall take of the blood thereof with his finger, and put it upon the horns of the altar of burnt offering, and shall pour out all the blood thereof at the bottom of the altar. And he shall take away all the fat thereof, as the fat is taken away from off the sacrifice of peace offerings. And the priests shall burn it upon the altar for a sweet savor unto the Lord. And the priest shall make an atonement for him, and it shall be forgiven him. And if he bring a lamb for a sin offering, he shall bring it a female without blemish. And he shall lay his hand upon the head of the sin offering, and slay it for a sin offering in the place where they kill the burnt offering. And the priest shall take of the blood of the sin offering with his finger, and put it upon the horns of the altar of the burnt offering, and shall pour out all the blood thereof at the bottom of the altar. And he shall take away all the fat thereof, as the fat of the lamb is taken away from the sacrifice of the peace offerings. And the priest shall burn them upon the altar, according to the offerings made by the fire unto the Lord. And the priest shall make an atonement for his sin that he hath committed, and it shall be forgiven him. Chapter 5 And if a soul sin, and hear the voice of swearing, and is a witness whether he hath seen or known of it, if he do not utter it, then he shall bear his iniquity. Or if a soul toucheth any unclean thing, whether it be a carcass of an unclean beast, or a carcass of unclean cattle, or the carcass of unclean creeping things, and if it be hidden from him, he also shall be unclean and guilty. Or if he touch the uncleanness of man, whatsoever uncleanness it be, that a man shall be defiled withal, and it be hid from him, when he knoweth of it, then he shall be guilty. Or if a soul swear, pronouncing with his lips, to do evil or to do good, whatsoever it be that a man shall pronounce with an oath, and it be hid from him, then he knoweth of it, then he shall be guilty in one of these. And it shall be, when he shall be guilty in one of these things, that he shall confess that he hath sinned in that thing, and he shall bring his trespass, offering unto the Lord for his sin which he hath sinned, a female from the flock, a lamb, 
or a kid of the goats, for a sin offering, and the priest shall make an atonement for him concerning his sin. And if he be not able to bring a lamb, then he shall bring for his trespass which he hath committed two turtle doves, or two young pigeons, unto the Lord, one for a sin offering, and the other for a burnt offering. And he shall bring them unto the priest, who shall offer that which is for the sin offering first, and wring off its head from its neck, but shall not divide it asunder. And he shall sprinkle of the blood of the sin offering upon the side of the altar, and the rest of the blood shall be wrung out at the bottom of the altar. It is a sin offering. And he shall offer the second for a burnt offering, according to the manner, and the priest shall make an atonement for him for his sin, which he hath sinned, and it shall be forgiven him. But if he be not able to bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons, then he that sinned shall bring for his offering the tenth part of an epoph of fine flour for a sin offering. He shall put no oil upon it, neither shall he put any frankincense thereon, for it is a sin offering. Then shall he bring it to the priest, and the priest shall take his handful of it, even a memorial thereof, and burn it on the altar. According to the offerings made by fire unto the Lord, it is a sin offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for him, as touching his sin, that he hath sinned in one of these, and it shall be forgiven him. And the remnant shall be the priest's as a meat offering. This is all of the uh, Torah portion. We're now going to move to the half Torah, which is 1 Samuel 15, 2 through 34. But first, a survey of Samuel. The book of Samuel record the transition from a theocracy to a monarchy and the establishment of the monarchy. The story begins in the closing days of the judges and leaves us with the aged David securely enthroned as king over Israel and Judah. The other two great figures are Samuel and Saul. Samuel was the last of the judges and the first of the prophets. He was a man of great piety and spiritual discernment, and wholly dedicated to the realization of God's purpose for Israel. Although not of Aaronic descent, he succeeded Eli in the priestly office. He seems to have been the first to have established an institution for the training of young men for the prophetic calling. He was called upon to guide Israel in some of the greatest crises of her history and he falls little short of the stature of Moses. Without any desire on his part, he found himself in the role of kingmaker, commissioned to anoint Saul, the first king, and David, Israel's greatest king. Saul, the king, is an enigmatic character, a man of great physical courage. He lacked nevertheless that constancy of purpose essential to greatness. His fickleness of temperament impaired all his personal relationships, and a morbid fear of potential rivals preyed on his mind and affected his reason, 
From a humble background, he was called to the highest station in the land. In the end, with no achievement to entitle him to a royal tomb, his bones were returned to his native place. Now to 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 2 through 34. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek, and utterly destroy all that they have, and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. And Saul gathered the people together, and numbered them, and tell him, Two hundred thousand footmen, and two thousand men of Judah. And Saul came to a city of Amalek, and laid wait in the valley. And Saul said unto the Canaanites, Go, depart, get you down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For ye showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Canaanites departed from among the uh, Amalekites. And Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah until thou comest to Shur, that is opposite Egypt. And he took a Gag, the king of the Amalekites, alive, and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared a gag, and the best of the sheep, and of the oxen, and of the fatlings, and of the lambs, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them, but everything that was vile, and refused, that they destroyed utterly. Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he is turned back from following me, and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. And when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set him up a place, and is gone about, and passed on, and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, What meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears, and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, they have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay, and I will tell thee what the Lord hath said to me this night. And he said unto him, Stay on. And Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, Wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed thee king over Israel? And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners of the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then, didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? 
And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the spoil sheep and oxen, the chief of the kings, which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken then the fat of the rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now therefore I pray thee, pardon my sin, and turn again with me, that I may worship the Lord. And Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee, for thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord hath rejected thee from being king over Israel. And as Saul turned about to go away, he laid hold upon the skirt of his mantle, and it rent. And Samuel said unto him, The Lord hath rent the kingdom of Israel from thee this day, and hath given it to a neighbor of thine that is better than thou. And also the strength of Israel will not lie nor repent, for he is not a man that he should repent. Then he said, I have sinned, yet honor me not now. I pray thee before the elders of my people and before Israel, and turn again with me, that I may worship the Lord thy God. So Samuel turned again after Saul, and Saul worshipped the Lord. Then said Samuel, Bring ye hither to me Agag the king of the Amalekites. And Agag came unto him delicately. And Agag said, Surely the bitterness of death is past. And Samuel said, As thy sword hath made women childless, so shall thy mother be childless among women. And Samuel hooed Agag in pieces before the Lord in Gilgal. Then Samuel went to Ramah, and Saul went up to his house to Gibeah of Saul. We now turn to the Gospel, Mark 6, verses 14 through 29. And King Herod heard of him, for his name was spread abroad. And he said that John the Baptist was risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. Others said that it is Elijah, and others said that it is a prophet or one of the prophets. But when Herod heard thereof, he said, Is it John whom I beheaded? He is risen from the dead. For Herod himself had sent forth and laid hold upon John, and bound him in prison for Heroditus' sake, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. For John had said unto Herod, It is not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. Therefore Heroditus had a 
quarrel against him and would have killed him, but she could not. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man and a holy and, a, and observed him. And when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. And when a convenient day was come, that Herod on his birthday made a supper to his lords, high captains, and chief estates of Galilee. And when the daughter of the said Heroditus came in and danced, and pleased Herod, and them that sat with him, the king said unto the damsel, Ask of me whatsoever thou wilt, and I will give it thee. And he sware unto her, Whatsoever thou shalt ask of me, I will give it thee unto the half of my kingdom. And she went forth and said unto her mother, What shall I ask? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. And she came in straightway with haste unto the king and asked, saying, I will that thou give me by and by in a charger the head of John the Baptist. And the king was exceedingly sorry. Yet for his oath's sake, and for their sakes which sat with him, he would not reject her. And immediately the king sent an executioner, and commanded his head to be brought. And he went and beheaded him in the prison, and brought his head in a charger, and gave it to the damsel, and the damsel gave it to her mother. And when his disciples heard of it, they came and took up his corpse and laid it in a tomb. Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 through 30. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Agree with thine adversary quickly, whilst thou art in the way with him, lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. Verily I say unto thee, Thou shalt by no means come out thence, till thou hast paid the uttermost farthing. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her, hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out, and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off, and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. Hebrews 10, verses 1 through 18. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually, 
make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I become into the volume of the book it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. Above when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin, thou wouldest not, neither hadst pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second, by the which we are sacrificed through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he hath offered one sacrifice for sins forever, set down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he hath said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Now the half Torah reading for Isaiah chapter 43 verses 21 through chapter 44 verse 23. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. But thou hast not called upon me, O Jacob. But thou hast been weary of me, O Israel. Thou hast not brought me the small cattle of thy burnt offerings, neither hast thou honored me with thy sacrifices. I have not caused thee to serve with an offering, nor wearied thee with incense. Thou hast brought me no sweet cane with money, neither hast thou filled me with the fat of thy sacrifices, but thou hast made me to serve with thy sins. Thou hast wearied me with thine iniquities. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own sake, and will not remember my sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. Thy first father hath sinned, and thy teachers have transgressed against me. Therefore I have profaned the princes of the sanctuary, and have given Jacob to the curse, and Israel to reproaches. 
chapter 44. Yet now hear, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel whom I have chosen. Thus saith the Lord that made thee and formed thee from the womb, which will help thee. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou, Jerusalem, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed, and my blessing upon thine offspring. And they shall spring up as among the grass, as willows by the water courses. One shall say, I am the Lord's, and another shall call himself by the name of Jacob, and another shall subscribe with his hand unto the Lord, and surname himself by the name of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. And who, as I shall call, and shall declare it, and set it in order for me, since I appoint the ancient people, and the things that are coming and shall come, let them show unto them, Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time, and have declared it? Ye are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. They that make a graven image are all of them vanity, and their delectable things shall not profit. And they are their own witnesses. They see not, nor know, that they may be ashamed. Who hath formed a god, or molten a graven image, that is profitable for nothing? Behold, all this fellows shall be ashamed, and the workmen, they are of men. Let them all be gathered together, let them stand up, yet they shall fear, and they shall be ashamed together. The smith with the tongs, both worketh in the coals, and fashioneth it with hammers, and worketh it with the strength of his arms, yea, he is hungry, and his strength faileth, he drinketh no water, and is faint. The carpenter stretcheth out his rule, he marketh it out with a line, he fitteth it with planes, and he marketh it out with the compass, and maketh it after the figure of a man, according to the beauty of a man, that it may remain in the house. He heweth him down cedars, and taketh the cypress and the oak, which he strengtheneth for himself among the trees of the forest. He planteth an ash, and the rain doth nourish it. Then shall it be for a man to burn, for he will take thereof, and warm himself, yea, he kindleth it, and baketh bread. Yea, he maketh a god, and worship it. He maketh it a graven image, and falleth down hereto. He burneth part thereof in the fire. With part thereof he eateth flesh. He roasteth roast, and is satisfied. Yea, he warmeth himself, and saith, Ah, I am warm, I have seen the fire. And the residue thereof he maketh a god, even his graven image. He falleth down unto it, and worshipeth it. 
and prayeth unto it, and saith, Deliver me, for thou art my God. They have not known, nor understand. For he hath shut their eyes that they cannot see, and their hearts that they cannot understand. And none considereth in his heart, neither is there knowledge, nor understanding to say, I have burned part of it in the fire. Yea, also, I have baked bread upon the coals thereof. I have roasted flesh and eaten it. And shall I make the residue thereof an abomination? Shall I fall down to the stock of a tree? He feedeth on ashes. A deceived heart hath turned him aside, that he cannot deliver his soul, nor say, Is there not a lie in my right hand? Remember these, O Jacob and Israel, for thou art my servant, I have formed thee. Thou art my servant, O Israel, thou shalt not be forgiven of me. I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions, and as a cloud thy sins returned unto me, for I have redeemed thee. Seeing, O ye heavens, for the Lord hath done it, shall ye lower parts of the earth break forth into singing, ye mountains, O forest, and every tree therein, for the Lord hath redeemed Jacob and glorified himself in Israel. Hebrews uh, chapter 10, verses 1 through 18. For the law having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscience of sin. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Therefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering, thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. Above when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin, thou wouldest not, neither hadst pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man after, he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, set down on the right hand of God. From henceforth expecting, till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. 
and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now, where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Thank you for joining me. This is the end, and I will see you next week for more of a Torah Weekly.